Hello, everybody, and welcome to Generation Activism. Whether you're watching on YouTube or listening in on your podcast streaming service, thank you so much for tuning in today. More importantly, thank you for choosing to listen to a conversation like this one. We know it is not easy to push yourself out of your comfort zone and decide to learn more about a topic that may be uncomfortable or unfamiliar to you. This first step, the one where you make the decision to get educated, is so crucial. The more that you decide to expose yourself to conversations that sometimes feel exclusive to certain groups of people, the closer we get to breaking the ice and starting to make real change. Because the thing is, politics and activism are not just for adults. Politics are for everyone because they affect everyone. As young people, we feel that it is time for us to be involved in the conversation. This conversation that highlights our history, changes our present, and creates a future that is welcoming to everyone. On this podcast, we get into the stuff that adults sometimes claim is only for them. Our goal is to learn more ourselves, and in doing that, having conversations that help others learn more too. Thank you so much for joining us today. Enjoy. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Generation Activism. This is our season two, episode one, which is wow. Everyone's back in school, which is weird. Uh, Summer's like over. My first day was Tuesday, but then I didn't have school today because it was for like juniors and seniors only. Yeah, it's definitely weird this year. I don't know. Yeah, I I don't know why, but yes. It's It's weird because we didn't have a normal year last year and none of us are used to this. So welcome. Welcome to Generation Activism. Welcome to the first episode. We are very excited to be here. The drama that has taken to get us all here to record today has been... (laughs) There's been power outages. Tornado warning. Yeah, we yes. have a lot going on, but we're finally all here and ready to start. Today, we are talking, we're having a reflection on the 2020 election, which was a great wow. start to this new season. Oh, that was, yeah, so the 2020 election was, um, it was definitely an election. It was, mm-hmm. that's pretty much the only thing it had in common with the elections that came before it. Um, everything. Mm-hmm. Was that's correct. So we have some notes written up. I guess we could start could start by talking about you know, the start like when Joe Biden was chosen to be the nominee. And I remember that pretty well. Because I remember like it was such a heated like race for the Democrats. Like there was and they all they all supported each other because the main I think everyone had a common goal, which was to get Donald Trump out of office. But mm-hmm. it was a very like it was high pressure. It was yeah. And I think it was very much like people. Um, what had happened, especially with all the candidates and everyone like that was going to be like running was like a lot of the Democrats, they had slowly all dropped out. And so I'd be like, oh, I'm supporting this person. Then it would be like my second option and my third option. And it became like a process of elimination, mm-hmm. which I mean, for some is good, for some is bad, depending on how you see it. And for the Republican like party, I didn't really pay attention as much. I think I don't think there was any serious competition in the Republican Party because the Republican Party was pretty set on their candidate. They were um, very much. Well, actually, something that we saw this election, which we don't always see, is a lot of support for a Democratic candidate from the Republican Party. You know, the Republican Party, it was interesting. It split into two pretty much. It split into people that were backing Trump and people that were making um, compromises for their own personal beliefs to vote for someone that was not Donald Trump, which honestly, that's what a lot of people did. Let's be honest. I would, it was so funny. There'd be like two different types of like car magnets. It, it would either be like just straight up Biden 2020 or settle for Biden 2020. <laughs> there was definitely a, a divide. There were Republicans and Democrats who'd wanted Trump out of office. And then there were Trump supporters. I, there weren't a whole lot of Biden supporters, 
Um, I think people just wanted uh, Trump out Anyone of Anyone but Trump. Wanted a, wanted a new perspective. Anyway. Everyone was just kind of willing to jump on board to kind of accomplish the same common goal. Remember, I remember in the, in the end, it did end up being Bernie Sanders and Joe Biden being the last two candidates standing for the Democratic Party. I remember some, you know, dispute on, you know, even TikTok, Instagram, like Twitter, social media about if people were people, some people were deciding to take a stand and not vote for Biden because they yeah. felt passionately about another candidate. And that's a really interesting thing to talk about, actually. How do you guys feel about that? I personally think you should really just settle. If you don't want someone in office because there's a better candidate who's similar to them, I think it's kind of just a waste because you have to really look at the two candidates and realize that if you want someone like the candidate you like, you really just need to help out and vote for them. Although they they obviously have their differences. There's clear differences between Bernie Sanders and Biden. But I think people who didn't vote solely for that reason, um, I mean, Biden did win. Yeah. but it so was I'm, not, I'm not going to blame anything, but I think that it definitely, voter turnout could have been a lot better for that reason. And I think it could have gone in the wrong direction for that reason as well. And something that I've learned over the years of being in activism, just learning about politics is there's not one politician that you agree with everything that they say and do mm-hmm. and their thoughts and opinions. People. You're I mean, always going to have your differences, I think. And right. like Joe Biden, like he was a candidate that some people just couldn't get excited for. It was another white man running for president. And believe me, I understand. I did not yeah. think it would come down to two old white men being against each other. It did end up coming down to that. And I understand that people were very, they felt really passionate about another candidate and they wanted a woman for president. They wanted a person of color for president. They wanted someone in the LGBTQ plus community for president. They wanted representation. And I think what it came down to at the end was who's going to fight for you out of these two options. It ended right? up- like- somebody's gonna win like somebody has to win the election somebody's gonna be in charge it's gonna happen no matter what you do and what you think because Um, I mean I think what it came down to in the end was like like you said someone's gonna win the election and you have a chance if you're you know a U.S. citizen you're over the age of 18 you have a chance to be a deciding factor in the outcome but I really applaud the people who sacrificed a big personal belief to vote for Joe Biden because they got on board they decided like at the end of the day someone's gonna win and I I don't want it to be this person so I'm going to settle for this person something that you saw a lot in this election which you like I said earlier which you don't see in a lot of other elections was people from the Republican Party getting really really you know vocal about their support for a Democratic candidate one of the things about Trump is he was so you don't have a neutral feeling about him you either love him or you hate him and there's I I completely agree I think oh yeah so I have some statistics here about the 2020 election that are super interesting. Biden flipped five states in the 2020 election, and that is something that you do not see a lot. Yeah. So that kind of brings it back to the point that people were really willing to make comp- compromises and sacrifices for this election. And the states that flipped were Arizona, Georgia, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. They all were traditionally leaning red, and they ended up going blue, which was huge yeah huge. I mean they were the they were the ones that decided this election and I think that was known that it was going to come down to these states that were on the fence which is why the candidates both campaigned so hard in those states 100 percent. I think 
a lot of us, I know that us three, we were kind of just on our toes the whole time. Like we were watching the TV, making sure there were any updates or anything. And I think it was huge that uh, in, in minutes, in minutes, states were going back and forth, red, blue, red, blue. Mm-hmm. And I think it was a really exciting election, despite um, the beforehand and like the after. It was, it was honestly just a really like riveting experience to really yeah. know about each candidate and just be able to kind of watch the flow and the numbers go up and down. So, I mean, I did enjoy that part. I think the election was a mess though, but I thought watching that was pretty cool. I just thought it was, it was riveting in both ways. Like it was absolutely like terrifying and also really exciting because it was like, it was so cool to be a part of something that will hopefully never happen again in our lifetime. Like that an election that was that heated and that intense you know, that it just, was probably the most talked about out of all elections. Yeah. I mean, well, like something, yeah. something on here that I have is that Biden won the popular vote with 81,283,098 votes, which is the most oh, wow. votes ever won for any yeah. presidential candidate. Yeah, so, I did not know that. That's yeah, second highest tally of votes ever counted was for Donald Trump in the same election. So voter turnout was higher than it has ever been in U.S. history for this election. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that says a lot about the nature of this election and how people felt about it. It was just so tense. I remember many people felt like very personal connection to yeah. it. And like people who had like, I, I remember that my dad had said that his work had given them off to go vote and that they had never done that in the past. And that was like only something that they would do in 2020 because yeah. of how important it was. Many people were actually able to get off and many people were very, very strongly encouraged to vote. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's something that like is very different from other years because it was just like, everyone was just was like the holding their breath. Yeah. They were holding their breath the whole time from start to finish. And I remember, I mean, the three of us, we shared the experience of going to stand at a local high school where a polling place had been set up and yeah. get to hold signs for the candidate that we thought should win the election. Mm-hmm. And that was something, I mean, in the 2016 election, we were all, what, 12? So we were a little bit too young to fully understand what was happening. And like, there was no nothing like this. Like now you see so many 12-year-olds getting involved in, in activism and politics, but up until this election that had never really happened before because politics were considered something that was an adult conversation and no, after the 2016 no. election my mom just reassured me and she was like oh she's gonna win don't worry about it you don't have to worry about it we got this hillary's gonna win we're now the first female president it's gonna be so exciting and then that didn't happen in the next four years were a circus that's that is i will say when she lost um was around the time that me and Mallory had started doing uh, this, we did drama together. Yes. And we would talk and talk and talk about how, oh, like, I hate this. Like, because both, both of our moms kind of talk about that a lot. I know Mallory's mom is super involved. That was kind of what started all of this as well, was definitely like that single election within this four year span. Mm-hmm. And we didn't realize that us talking about it, like, kind of just as, side conversation little chit chat would lead to all of this and I think I think that happened for thousands of groups I think that that single election led to thousands of groups similar to this and I think that says a lot yes before the 2016 election I just trusted that the adults would handle it for us and that a candidate would be elected that could represent everyone at least in some ways 
And that just didn't happen. The 2016 to 2020 presidency was just something that this country has never seen before. There were so many things that happened that hopefully will never happen again that had never happened before. Insane things. I mean, I would say 2016, I didn't really know who Trump was. Yeah. And trust me, by 2020, I knew who he was. And I would say that like a personal difference in my views of uh, like elections and candidates that really, really changed my perspective is not only getting more into activism, but openly coming out. Because when you put yourself in a minority group is when you start to realize how these, these candidates and how their views really affect you. From 2018 to 2020, you know, I was, you know, started to get very concerned with what uh, politicians were going to be in office because I had known that Trump was not the most supportive of the LGBTQ plus community, but it wasn't until I would probably say the 2020 election that I had started to have a serious concern for if he was elected again. So it was something that I very much feared and something that made me anxious uh, as a as a queer person in America. And it was something that I didn't realize until 2020. Absolutely. And that was very impactful for me as a person. I don't know about you guys and anyone else listening, but you st- when you put personal things onto why this election matters, is when it really becomes something that you feel personally connected to. I mean, like, look at us, like we're all three females, which yeah. is like, you see Trump's view on females and you see Biden's view. At the end of the day, I had general fear for Trump and what he was going to yes. do for, yeah. for women, for, yeah. you know, people of color, for LGBT people, people with disabilities, which was also a big one brought yeah. up. So I think that's really important and yeah, why it made a difference. Yeah, and I think another unique thing about Trump's presidency was that he got to nominate two justices for the Supreme Court, which they served for life. Like the chances of that happening at the same time is just a, like the course. Like that just- Specifically very- how, you know, when RBG died, her last request- Was that was not replaced. That until the next election and someone else was in office. And they went against that. And I mean, I can see why, because they want to get more, probably had a feeling and preparing for that they might lose and that there would not be a Republican in office and that there was going to be a Democrat seat in the Supreme Court. And that that simply just shows the respect level. I mean, you're in charge of a country. And I think her passing away, that was a really big deal. I mean, a lot, oh, yeah. a lot of young girls were inspired by her. Yeah. Um, a lot of people everywhere were inspired by her. And I think not respecting her wishes. I think that was definitely a major statement as acting president of the United States. I think that says a lot about him as a person, even just ethically. I think it really showed that he was in it to sort of win, to have Republicans win when it's not a competition. It's we're trying to have a good structured government. And I think him doing that really showed a different side. Although, I mean, he's done other things done that like, honestly, I think, I just think that that right ne- right near the election, I think that that kind of hit some people hard. And they were almost rushing to do it. It was like, we have yeah. to do it now. It was a race. And I think a race. I mean, for the three of us and for so many other young women around the country, this election was terrifying. I mean, I had seen, I mean, when, when Donald Trump was elected office, I, that was when my interest in activism was sparked and I started looking into it and I started researching and asking questions and seeing videos of how Donald Trump treated women, hearing things that he had said about women, seeing his record, his list of sexual assault allegations. As a a young girl, I was 12, 13, 
I was terrified for my future. He did not have our best interests at heart. He was not representing all American people. He was representing people that looked like him, people that were like him. Everyone thinks that the president should be the ideal American, you know, like the front cover of America, which. But what does an American really look like? And that's what what this conversation kind of led to this election, because is, I mean, traditionally, the face of America had been a white straight man and that changed when Barack Obama was elected president and that was the first person of color to lead this country and that changed a lot this time around people were really hoping that there would be a female in office and that did happen we got our first female vice president which the representation it took long enough it took long enough I think um right now in English class actually we're reading a quilt of a country I don't know if you guys have read that basically it says that the government is so broken. This is from uh, around when 9-11 was, but it definitely affects now. When you say Irish American, African American, um, anything hyphen, the left side of the hyphen is definitely fading as history goes on. From Irish American to just American. And I think that like you can't just be colorblind to all that stuff. And yeah. I think that it's it's really important to celebrate that people aren't the same. And I think you have to realize that everyone comes from different places and everyone came for the same goal, which was the American dream at the very start. People still are coming for that reason. Mm -hmm. And I think that to ignore that really just puts you at a lower, a lower place. And I think that's what's what happened through the election. Not everyone is a straight white male that is rich and has everything. Yeah, I was going to say that comes from money. You have to be able to notice that if you want to be able to successfully run mm-hmm. America, to run our country. I think it's just, it's something that Trump didn't do a great job at, in my opinion. And I think that definitely was an important factor that we had to consider when voting. It was scary. I mean, I think I've had conversations, obviously, about this election with my parents, and I was asking them, when you were my age, were you concerned about politics? Were you worried about what was going to happen in the elections? And they were not. They were not focused on that. They were worried about high school, and they were worried about their sports, and they were worried about their love life. And and that was almost taken away from the teenagers that had to live through the Trump presidency, because... People started to fear for their rights. People started to feel for their safety, um, for their family, for their future. And I think just looking at this whole, the whole presidency, a common theme is that not everyone was represented. There were some people that were being represented by Donald Trump and they all looked the same. Nobody, you'll notice that many, if not most of Donald Trump's supporters were straight white Christian men. Traditional views traditional yeah it's just it was just so interesting to see the way that that the youth of our generation and the generation above us kind of stood up and the uh the youth voter turnout was also record numbers so many so many young people got involved and and decided to take matters into their own hands and people like us who were too young to vote we stepped up and did other things instead phone banking standing at the polls, for example. And that, we should talk about that because that was an experience like- Oh yes. Don't forget that. There was just a lot of people who actually like, you know, were very nice and came up to us and talked about it. 
And then there were people that you could see that were just passive aggressively staring on us because there were other people for other campaigns. The other people had been sponsored by other local like campaigns and they had their shirts and blah, 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 blah. And we were just kids. And I think that they looked at that and they saw that and they said, we're not going to take you as seriously because we know that you're kids. And I remember like a big thing, we would, you know, offer people masks and some people would refuse to go in with a mask. Well, yeah, I mean, something also very unique about this presidency was that a global pandemic started during this. I was, I was just about to say that. That's something that you don't see every day. And it was a big test as president of the United States, people were urging the president to please listen to the doctors, please listen to the scientists, please look at the facts and encourage people to wear their masks, please encourage people to social distance, please encourage people to stay home while the doctors and nurses and first responders try to fix this for us. Mm -hmm. And he was out there saying, I think we'll be open up by April, completely open by April. Right. He literally managed to make a pandemic political. And it yeah. should not have been political. It should have been a safety issue for everyone because nobody is invincible. The virus could affect everyone. Everyone had a responsibility to act in a way that would protect the people around them. And when the president of the United States, the, a very powerful person, is telling people that you don't need to wear a mask, is you know saying that COVID is a hoax, is mocking doctors, telling people to inject Lysol into their veins to fix it, it's you know it has a big effect on people. It makes yeah. you look at America and you're like. Yeah, I think um, one of the most important factors, I believe, in the 2020 election was coronavirus and how each candidate would handle the virus. I think that was the main political part of the virus. I think, you know, we're, we're in a global pandemic still. I yeah. think that doesn't have anything to do with politics. It's real. People are de- like thousands, millions. Well, of even science, if you don't believe in anything else. Yeah, honestly. seriously. Um, But Trump, how he handled it previously, I think that the way that he handled it 100% affected the Republican voters to sway from 2016 to vote for Biden. Oh, yeah. I think 100%. that that was 100% um, one of the main contributing factors of specifically Republicans who voted for him in 2016 to change their vote for Biden or for a third party. I think the fact that he had so much influence and told people, you know, you don't really need it. Like, you, the vaccine, speak, uh, talking about the vaccine. Um, I think even if you are Republican and you completely agree with him in any way, shape or form, I think that if you have anyone that you know who got corona, who died from corona, who was at risk for coronavirus, I think that you were more likely to change your vote just because mm-hmm. of that, because it is a very deadly virus for a lot of people living mm-hmm. around the world. And I think for him to just kind of brush that off for the months that he was in office when that was happening was really scary for people. And the privilege had shined through. Yeah, no, 100 He wasn't 100%. scared. Yeah. Yeah. Something I was going to say about the privilege is that when he actually contracted coronavirus and became sick, him and the first lady, he went to the hospital and he was like, I feel fine. I feel great. This whole thing is a hoax. I have COVID and I feel fine. Well, that's because you're being treated in the, one of the best hospitals in the country, in the presidential suite. You have hundreds of people caring for you right now. There are like so many people who are- There are people dying alone. Okay. Yeah. There are people dying alone that yeah. don't have- on the streets and he's yeah. having like a cocktail um, to help him. 
yes. feel better. I don't know. There are people shoved in shelters because they have nowhere else to go because they lost their job, they lost their home. And so they're at a more vulnerable population to get COVID. There are people who do everything in the right and still get COVID. They wear their mask. That happened with my grandmother. Personal experience. My grandmother had been in a retirement home apartment and had only really left to go downstairs to get her mail. And if she needed to, uh, she wore her mask everywhere. She still got COVID and she still is in and out of the hospital and is now in a nursing home because of how bad she's had COVID issues since February. Um, so she was not as lucky. I feel like you can say that about a lot of things and how Trump was with that. And there's a lot of topics that I think were brought up, you know, besides COVID. I have a few written down in my notes. Um, a couple of the more popular issues that I know a lot of our listeners right now will definitely start to think about. Um, abortion, climate change, immigration, economy outlook. Those are like the main four. I think And I would also say Black Lives Matter. A hundred percent. I mean gun control. The list the list is it really in- goes on. Because there there's lots of different points we're talked about. Yeah. And when you talk about, you know, Republican versus Democrat, there I mean there's been issues upon issues upon issues. I think this certain election, there were completely two different sides of the spectrum. And those issues, definitely, you could have one thing, you could be super pro-life, and that would be the reason that you would vote for Trump. That does happen a lot in a lot of the elections. But I think that because there was so much media and publicity on those issues, I mean, it, it happens for all of these issues. But that definitely happened is one issue pushed them to vote for somebody else. I just think, you know, like all those issues, like you said, people felt so passionately about them because they were so personal for a lot of people. Someone that I follow on Twitter, he lost his daughter in the Parkland shooting. His name is Fred Gutenberg and he lost his daughter, Jamie. And I saw him tweeting on Twitter all over in the 2020 election saying like, for my daughter, vote for my daughter who will never get to graduate high school, who will never get to go on to college, who will never get to accomplish her dreams because a gun took her life. And and there were so many people like him who felt so passionately about one issue that it, it decided the election for them. And, you know, I think personally that a lot of single issue voters decided the election. I mean, the thing is also to note that this election had a lot of things that made it historic, if, you, if you'll say. Yeah, I actually have on my list that the 117th Congress has a record number of 141 women. This is still only 26.4% of Congress, but it is a big step in the right direction. That makes me feel good as a woman. It makes me feel like my voice is being more represented. And, you know, I think that that's true for a lot of people. I remember specifically the day of the, the day that the election was decided, I was actually lucky enough because of my mom's work to be able to attend the victory speech. And there, I was standing next to a woman who was in a wheelchair and President Biden said something about how he was talking about everyone. He was talking about black people, white people, Hispanic people. He was talking about people in the LGBTQ plus community. He was talking about women. He was talking about disabled people. And she said, she whispered, that's me, that's me. Like she, the connection that was like, it was just, it gave me chills to be next people to People were proud to be Americans on that day. Yeah. If you like look at the many parades and many celebrations that had happened, it was like, it was something that I would say gave me chills. That oh, really, yeah. like, oh, and gonna... that's like very cliche, I know. But when no, I feel but now, I mean, if like, you feel it, you feel it. People were getting represented and they hadn't been for four or however many years. And right. then it was an amazing feeling. Yeah, people were relieved, relieved. And breath we, of fresh you know, 
a breath yeah. of you got to breathe out entire country took a giant breath and I just remember like something that really spoke to me was there were people dancing and singing in the streets yes because Donald Trump lost the election and that says a lot if someone it is really does entire country is dancing in the streets because you lost your job I think you maybe weren't doing the best at your job because everyone was really waiting because really no one had like no one had any idea when the results were going to be final when oh. that final pushover was oh. going to happen I grabbed my phone and I called everyone because not everyone because I remember it was early in the morning oh my I, gosh yes it was, it was like early in the morning yeah like I, I remember I remember yeah. I was on my way to work and I had just ta- I was talking to my mom I was like oh my gosh when are they going to call it I'm so stressed out and the second she dropped me off and drove away the I was babysitting and on the tv I turned around and I saw Joe Biden wins the presidency I remember <laughs> you guys are gonna laugh because this is kind of a lot but me and my friend were having a sleepover we woke up the next morning um they announced it on the tv and my mom printed out <laughs> my mom printed out like color books of like Kamala Harris and Joe Biden and Joe Biden's dogs. Yes. Like colored yes. them and like put them everywhere. It was so fun. And I remember that, you know, we all remember what we were doing and that's right. Uh, like we I mean, doing. I do. Well, something that you said, something that was also unique about this election, the things are just racking up is that it took yeah. so long for the results to get called. I don't think that's ever, I don't have it. I mean, don't quote me on this, but I don't think it's ever taken that long, you know, since the age of modern technology for an election to be tallied usually you know on the same night you know before sunrise on oh the it's night. simply because the people did so bad too yeah the wait oh. it was it was awful and and it was so like you said earlier it was just going red blue red blue like every state yeah. was switching as pennsylvania i remember was like it was immediate it was at first it was like fully red and that end, it ended up being the state that decided the election for joe biden and i remember sitting in school with like my ipad and i had like one tab open for like my spanish work and on the other tab i had like the associated press report of the election like the math and it was like it was just it was a crazy thing to be a part of and something real honestly for the rest of our lives like something that it was insane to be a part of something like that. Now that we have Joe Biden in office and Kamala Harris as the vice president, that's a huge thing. I remember feeling so like excited and I didn't realize how much it would impact me, but it really did to see a woman standing up there like knowing she would fight from people like me. And it was, I remember seeing like so many pictures of little girls like looking up at their TV yeah. and just like, it was just the most, it was the best feeling. It's been, how many months has it been? It's, we're coming up on a year since the election. We are on oh, month wow. nine of Joe Biden's presidency. Mm-hmm. And in like the first like 24 hours, we were back in the Paris climate agreement. The trans military yes. was overturned. Like so many things happened so quickly and it's continued to happen the whole the whole time. I mean, things are just happening day after day. I'm looking at like new laws being signed that are just incredible. The day of the inauguration and like the, the couple of weeks after clicking through everyone's story, like, oh, we're back in the Paris climate agreement. Like yeah. it was just, everything was like kind of going back. Boom, 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 boom. Here we are. The end of a, like a movie, like it genuinely, like it felt like the end of a movie and the good guys yeah. finally won and everything's <laughs> getting back to like, it was, yeah, it literally felt Happily like- Happily ever after. It was right. like- Right. Insert background music. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Something that I think has been really interesting to see is that Joe Biden is really a very middle ground type of president. He represents so many groups of people. He actually listens to the people in the country and he listens to what we want and he talks to us and he tells us like, 
what the plan is. I feel very in the loop all the time. He just overall recognizes things that Trump didn't. The contrast was very sharp. I think it's also important to acknowledge that he also is not perfect, as we were saying earlier. No one is 100% perfect. And I think it's important to recognize that we're not saying that like Joe Biden is like doing everything right and everything. But I think that just the little changes that he's going back to really are making a difference. And I think that it's it's good to acknowledge that he's not perfect, but he has made a lot of positive change. Yeah, I finally and- feel like I finally feel I'm very still very involved in activism and advocating for change all the time. But I think I finally feel a little bit more safe and pr- I feel finally like proud to be from America again. I feel proud to like right. represent this country. And hey, say what you want, but Joe Biden invited Olivia Rodrigo to the White House and I didn't see Trump doing any of that. So thank you so much for listening to this conversation. I literally, this was so needed. It was so good to talk about this. Like mm-hmm. it's looking back on it. I'm like, there's so much happened. And this is just, it's very interesting to recap. Yeah, yeah, to look back on. I guess yeah. with that being said, thank you for listening and for joining in on us. Hopefully you'll join again and listen to more of us talking, um, which I know, I hope we entertain. Stay tuned for our guest speaker meeting coming up soon. More news will be up about that soon. So excited about that. And thank you everyone for watching. If you want to follow us on social media, we are on Twitter at GenAct2 and we are on Instagram and TikTok at generation.activism. You can follow us on Spotify to listen in. You can also subscribe on YouTube. So we hope to see you back and we hope you enjoyed episode one of season two. So I guess with that being said, uh, thank you everyone for tuning in. Bye guys. Thanks for watching. (laughs)